Crude oil is crude. Natural gas is pure. That's why Pennzoil's base oil is made from natural gas, not crude. It gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil. Based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. Pardon the interruption, but I'm Mike Wilbon. Tony, the Academy Awards were last night. Did you ever think about going into the movie? I'm Tony Kornheiser. I make home movies all the time. This one is called Ten in the Tub. No! Yeah, Ten in the Tub. I don't want to see that before the show. Why? You put images in my head now that I don't need there. You're not in the tub. You don't have to worry about it. I know some of the people in that tub. Did you watch the Oscars? I watched the last hour and a half. I watched the first hour. I was. You love the Oscars. I do. It just, I, I don't know. Wasn't great for me. Man. Welcome to PTI, boys and girls. In today's episode, Damian Lillard feels robbed. The XFL comes together and Phil Mickelson falls apart. But we begin today with Duke and Carolina, which was a great game. Duke somehow got the game into overtime when Trey Jones intentionally missed a free throw and then buried a jumper. And then Duke somehow won it on a buzzer-beating lay-in, but only because the referees swallowed their whistles on an obvious push about 10 seconds earlier. Duke goes from the frying pan in Carolina to the fire of number eight Florida State tonight. Wilbon, do you think more or less of Duke after their miracle win at the Dean Dome? It doesn't change my perception of Duke. I've been, I've been following that rivalry too long. When I was covering ACC basketball, when I had a big afro, it's actually I got best. to sit courtside and watch a lot of those games. Yeah. It is the best. The and best. as you know, it means nothing to uh-huh. what's going to happen in March. That's right. Now, for Carolina, this was everything. They got no season. They got nothing. They're not going to be in March after the ACC tournament unless they were to win that. And I, I, I have a sense of how desperately Carolina wanted to win that game. And Duke. Steals a game. And by the way, there was, a no, there was another swallow whistle. There was a, a travel or a double dribble in there somewhere. But it, Duke is going to be one of the eight or ten teams that we expect to do big things when we get to, you know, Selection Sunday. So I was really taken at the end of the game with something that Mike Krzyzewski said. Where he said, I understand Carolina's had a down year. But that was Carolina. What right. you saw tonight was That's Carolina. That's all they see is Carolina. Right. So I'm watching this game. I cannot believe... That Duke gets into overtime. I cannot believe that Duke wins in overtime. Why not? I'm sure I have the numbers wrong, Mike, but it seemed to me like Duke was down about seven with a minute to go in regulation and in overtime, and Carolina couldn't inbound the ball. They couldn't get the ball down the court. They didn't make any fouls. To quote the famous, the great Lee Smith, you got no electricity in your building. I, you have sat courtside. I know. And you know, you know, know how I know you sat courtside? Because we were together at courtside. You've seen these games. Yeah. You've seen them at Maryland. You've seen them in Durham. This is what Duke does. Well, what that's are you talking it. about? So if the question is, do I think more or less of them? I think more of them. Okay. And this is why. Because they win these games. A lot of Ask them. Ask Maryland. A lot of them. They know how to win these games. And that doesn't yeah. mean I even think they're going to beat Florida State tonight. Weren't you at the Christian Leitner Grand Hill game? Yes. What are you talking yes, about? You're not going to tell me you're surprised. You've been watching I this am, for 40 but I am. years. I, I thought Carolina had this one in both regulation and in overtime. I did. I did. There's no electricity in your building. There really isn't. I'm, I'm, uh, Portland's loss in Salt Lake City may not seem like a big deal. It's one of 82. But with the Trailblazers desperately chasing the final playoff spot in the West, Dame Lillard was incensed at what had to have been called goaltending in the final seconds, but wasn't. He objected in live time in a measured post-game media session, but he had a strong Twitter reaction after the refs admitted they blew the call. Tweeting, quote, we don't want to hear that, punk bleep bleep, close quote. 
Yahoo is reporting the NBA will not fine Lillard for any of his post-game remarks. Tony, you're okay with that, aren't you? No. And let me tell you what I am okay with. I'm okay with everything he did right after the game. Right. In the immediate moment after the game, because that's goaltending. Right. I mean, I'm okay with everything C.J. McCollum said. Right. Everything. And he's, and C.J. McCollum said, these people shouldn't even be working. And, and I'm okay with that. But when you wait a little while, and then you go out on social media, and you got to type it in yourself, and you know exactly what you're doing. When you use profanity, I don't think you have to do that. I'm sort of going to argue for civility here. And I'm going to say that Adam Silver sets a dangerous precedent in my mind when he doesn't make... Now, I'm saying a fine should be five grand, some really token amount. Right. But I don't think you can say it's okay for players in your league to use profanity directed at referees, in this case, who admitted they got it wrong. They admitted it as soon as they could admit it, they I got it wrong. I pretty much agree with you down the line, but I'm going to make this exception. They, if, they, if they're not going to find him, Tony, it's because of who he is and who he has been. People have reputations that warrant fines, and people have reputations over a long period of time. Dame Lillard is at the top of NBA citizens. It's who he is. And so, yeah, Tony, yeah, reputation. I'm, I'm, you always say you're in favor of double standards. Well, Dame Lillard enjoys the pass on this one because of who me. he is and has and been. And not to me. I'm going to argue for civility, and I'm going to make one other argument here, because we don't have enough civility. I'm going to argue in Damian Lillard's best interest. Because if he takes on refs after the fact, it's going to be tough to get a call down Maybe. the road. I'm going to argue for the high road for him. Wait, 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 wait. I didn't say I disagreed with right. that. I'm just saying I think the Adam reason Silver should do it. I know, but that he's given a pass in this but, is because, and by the way, the refs are probably going to give one too because they know who he is. the next time this happens well, with someone else, not at the well, top of you know the food what? chain. That's why we both agree with double standards. Almost my entire day yesterday was spent watching the golf at Pebble Beach. What a shock. Oh, that was really good. What a shock you're watching Pebble Beach, Tony. So what happened here, I made the time because I fully expected Phil Mickelson in the last group to catch and pass Nick Taylor. And he did not do that. Taylor won. Mickelson was plus five after the seventh hole. And even as Taylor tried to give Mickelson openings, Phil did not take them. Still at nearly 50 years old. He'll be 50 in June. Mickelson was in a big-time tournament the whole weekend. Wilbon, should he feel good or bad about his result at Pebble? Before we get to Phil, we'll get to Phil. Something else happened on that golf course at Pebble Beach this weekend that I am thrilled about. I know you're at least happy. And a shout out for Mr. Larry Fitzgerald, who for the second time in three years wins the amateur. How cool is that? I think I'm just going to tell you this. The handicap committee is going to be looking at his (laughs) number from now on. You're not buying Larry as eight? Uh, You're not? not sure. All right. So, Phil. You mentioned Phil turning 50. Phil has already indicated he doesn't really want to go to the championship. He wants to win majors. He wants to win majors, particularly one major that we know of. I'm sure he's disappointed, but Phil played great for like three and a half days. So you think he should feel good? I think he should, but he's a champion, which means he probably won't. I think he should feel bad, and I'm going to tell you exactly why. He should feel bad? On Sunday, he was short with a lot of approach shots, which is just not like him. He, the, the moment was there. He didn't get to it. He didn't have the magic out of the sand or close in that he had on Saturday. On Saturday. And I think because he's a champion, he's going to feel bad. He, he will, but I do. He, okay, but there's a reason people go to another tour at 50. Because on Sunday, they, the, the report shots win. are shorter because the putts don't drop. I think there's he can a, win. Okay, 
But there is a re- – we saw Tom Watson nearly win at 60. That is not the norm, Tony. Give and Phil's a- not going to be in contention as many weeks as he's been because he's 50. If he wins this, he gets right into the – he gets into the open. So I was rooting for that. Me too. Let me also mention another of our friends, Steve Young, who Steve we see Young. every single week. He's holding out. Week. He's holding out. Steve. Steve Young played with Phil the entire weekend. Yeah. I would like to ask Steve Young this. And by the way, he appeared to be playing righty, which stunned me. I didn't know he played golf righty, but I'd like to ask him. You were a Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP. Were you nervous in a final group next to a and great golfer? Yes. That's what I'd because like to whenever know. we've asked athletes from other sports about what they feel in the moment in golf when the pressure's on, what do they always say? Terrified at Nerves. the time. Yeah. Tony, you and millions of others were giddy over the weekend because you had football. The XFL made its debut to mostly positive reviews and lots of eyeballs. There was plenty of new stuff like the kickoffs and lifetime look-ins at replay decisions being made. Tone, are you optimistic after week one of the XFL? I'm optimistic about a lot of it. Very specifically, I love the extra point options. I believe the NFL should adopt that immediately. I love the kickoff because it cuts down on collisions. It actually does add to safety. It's weird looking, but I like it as a play. And you got to return it. You can't. There's no touchbacks. And I love talking to the replay official, hearing what's going on. The NFL should adopt these things completely and right now. As to whether or not it's going to make it, I would just say this. And, and I watched. I watched the D.C. team. Come to me in the fifth or the sixth week. Let me know if the crowds are back still the same. Years to the XFL. Yeah, let me when see. he had like 14 million people in week one. And yeah. then yeah. none and nothing, a few and none weeks later. That. So, so you got to give it some time. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to see to you on this. I didn't watch a second of it. Yeah, and, I'm not, and I'm not going to. I'm not going to watch the XFL. I don't have to have more football. I know a lot. This, this country is gaga over football. I get that. I'm not. I'm not one of that number. You had you had Pebble Beach going on. You had NBA. Yep. You had college basketball going yep, on. Yep, yep. You had a big. I know you're not into UFC, but you yep. had a big event with John Bones Jones, maybe the number one headline guy in the sport Saturday. There's plenty of stuff to watch. Yep. I don't have to watch more manufactured football, and I'm just not going to watch. I want to see because nobody knows the names of the players and nobody knows the names of the team. I want to see how it's covered in the Washington Post this morning. The games that were played yesterday yeah. were in the small little roundup underneath a story about how the Pittsburgh Steelers had hired a wide receivers coach. So if you don't get coverage of it, it's not going to succeed. And we'll, I think the question is to wait and see. I was surprised at one thing that's supposed to be quicker. What? It was still over three minutes, three minutes, ten. Three hours. Three, three hours. hours, yeah, three hours, yeah. ten minutes to me. Yeah. Over the weekend, Bob Knight returned to the campus of Indiana University for the first time since he was fired 20 years ago. He was welcomed as part of a celebration of Indiana's 1980 national champions. Well, by growing up in the Midwest, there can be no basketball coach more important than Bob Knight. What did you think when you watched this? Tony, I I thought it was necessary. I thought that given the divorce and how messy it was years ago, that Bob Knight in Indiana needed to somehow make up. I understand Indiana had reached out many times trying to get this done and hadn't gotten done. I, I, I didn't care about that. And, you know, I've been critical in a lot of ways, of Bob Knight over a lot of years, and also admiring because, as you said, there's no if, you, if we do the sort of Mount Rushmore of Indiana sports, does Bob Knight and Peyton Manning and Reggie Miller to me maybe, and I'm not sure who the fourth person is. I'm probably Larry Bird because he's from Larry, French Larry Joe Bird. Yeah. There we have it, yeah, yeah, right? Bob yeah. Knight's on it. Yeah. And yeah. so so Dean Smith in North Carolina, so so John Wooden yeah. and, and UCLA. And Mike Krzyzewski. There's a sm- – Tony, yes. if we're wild, Shortless. Tarkanian and UNLV – it's a, it's a, it's John Thompson in Georgetown. You ha- 
this had to happen. And so when I saw Isaiah Thomas and Mike Woodson and, and Quinn Buckner, men I know and talk to all the time about everything, including Indiana basketball, I thought this needed to be, and I felt a warmth that I wasn't sure I was going to. That's interesting. Um, I had a, a good relationship with Knight, unlike most sports writers. There are about five sports writers in the country he liked. I was one of them. Dave Kindred is one of them. Billy Reed, Lupico, David Israel. I mean, he liked those people. So I, I saw him in a light different than others, although he was always angry, and everybody knows he was always angry. But he also, to his credit, he had a higher standard, certainly a higher academic standard, than the NCAA had. Yeah. And, and he never cheated. And he didn't cheat. And he's one of the greats of... of all time, I'm, I'm, I'm glad this happened. Um, he prevented it for a long time, yeah. obviously, but it's, yeah. It's, well, how, how do you feel? Good. You know Mike Woodson and Isaiah and Randy Whitman was they out were there happy. and Buckner. And they were happy the he was there. The fact that they that felt like it did matter. That matter. It, I think it needed to happen. Let's take a break, but coming up, Joel Embiid. My boy. Says he was telling himself to shut up. Mm. Really? Mm. Was he really talking to the fans? Well, yes. Well, now, the USA basketball, they make a mistake by leaving Trey Young off the... 44-man roster. I had to have their own reasons, because it's crazy. It's crazy to leave them off. It's mail time. You send us emails, some of which are truly inappropriate, but we find four that are airable, and I'll get the first. I've never seen an inappropriate email from our viewers. Who do you think Joel Embiid was talking to when he said to shut up? We know who he's talking to. There's no question he was talking to. They had been booed earlier. Like, only people boo in Philly, their home team. They, they had been booed against the Bulls. They struggled with the Bulls. And Joel Embiid says, shut the blank up. And you yeah. know he's talking to. That's who I would talk to. Talk to the fans. Right. Talk to the fans. Now, he made a nice spin move when he sort of explained this away. Because you don't want to get into a direct thing with Philly fans when you're having a less than season. Embiid's explanation was great. It was smart. He knew what he was doing. Yeah. He was talking to the fans. We need to stop talking about Joel Embiid. Why? Because he, here are his career accomplishments. Did I miss any of them? <laughs> there are no career accomplishments. When he gets his team into the NBA Finals, we can talk about him. He's simply mouthy now. And you, people like you were seduced by this, and you think he's very, very funny. Of course he was talking to the fans. And by the way, in Philadelphia, they boo Santa Claus. They're going to boo him. They're going to boo him. But you would have felt that way too, right? You won the game. He hit a three. Right. Yeah. Should Trey Young, your boy, yeah. be upset about being left off the 44-man roster? Let me repeat, 44-man roster for finalists of the U.S. Olympic team. Not only should he be upset, everybody should be upset. This is insane. Trey Young is averaging 29.7 points a game and 9.1 assists a game. He's a guard. He's shooting 44%. You cannot tell me, you cannot tell anyone that he's not one of the 44 best players in the NBA. You just not in Joel the G League. What are his career accomplishments? You none so about, far. Okay. Joel Embiid's on that team probably. He has none so far. He's one of the 44 best people in the NBA. Now, you don't have to put him on the team. You don't have to. But this is deliberate and wrong. Well, here's a problem, Tony. You've got a lot of guards who I would pick ahead of Trey Young. Chris Paul's certainly one of them. Steph Curry, you're not going to argue that. I'm not arguing You're not going to argue Dame Lillard or Kyle Lowry. All of those guys, not yeah. to mention Russell Westbrook, they're all yeah. ahead of Trey Young. Has One. JaVale McGee ahead of him? Is he a because guard? Is he's on the 44 Is he a guard? Again, a guard? you don't have to name him to the Olympic team. Don't have to. You think Greg Popovich wouldn't play this kid? It's a long Stop jam. Him. 
Well, here's another one. Would you advise the Lakers to sign Dion Waiters? Well, I, I wouldn't, but here's what I'm going to say, Tony. I, I'm going to understand when they probably sign him. Because Dion Waiters is a clutch sports client, which means represented by Rich Paul, as are LeBron James and AD. Okay. All right, so you got that. And you got the GM there at the Lakers was his former agent, That's Rob right. Palenka. That's so right. you right now you got a half dozen people who are interested in the welfare of Dion Waiters, who's now been cut, let go, whatever, by Memphis after that trade. I, I, I think this is going to happen. Do you think Dion Waiters is dependable? No. Okay, so that's why I no. would not take him. When you tell me Palinka was his agent, that doesn't mean he's dependable can now. Can you say LeBron James won't be able to manage LeBron, him? I don't know. LeBron I James think. is in that thing that he does all the time, which is he's tinkering for a playoff win here or there. And he's thinking that maybe this guy can help. Right. And maybe this guy can help. Right. But when you call on him, well, and he's unable to well, help. Here's the deal. Wait, you're, wait we, we feel the same way about Last this. One. But LeBron is going to have to help manage this all right? and AD. And okay. guess what? If he's not dependable, you know what they can do? They can tell him to get out like Memphis just did. I think it's going to happen. If you were Jock Peterson, how would you feel about playing for the Dodgers this season? I wouldn't want to play. They gave my position away at first to Max Muncy. They gave my position away in right to Mookie Betts, and they traded me. Yeah. They traded me to the Angels. And by the way, here's two, three, four, five, six for the Angels. Trout, Rendon, Peterson, Otani, Pujols. But the trade is I don't know why the Angels pulled the plug on this trade. I don't understand it. But Jock Peterson's going to have to move away from the Dodgers. And there's got to be 15 teams in the league that are going to want him. He hits home runs. You would think that the Angels and Dodgers will, calmer heads will prevail. And they'll get back to the table and discuss this. And maybe there's less compensation coming because the Angels feel they had to wait on the Dodgers and their big deal for the Mookie Mookie Betts. Betts, And they got tired of that. And they disrespect the card. Maybe they want him at less compensation. Maybe they can figure they can give up less and still get him. I don't think this story. By the way, he lost lost arbitration, which means he's at a lower number for them. That's right. Enough email. Let's take one last break. But still to come, the BYU mascot pulls off a move that even mascot hating Michael Wilbon has to appreciate. I don't acknowledge mascots. The Chargers and Phillip Rivers, they made their split official. You don't acknowledge mascots. What if you have mascots in a celebrity game? What if they ask you to dress up as a chicken? What then? Then you'll see another coach. No, well, you're going to be. Happy time, people. Happy 23rd birthday, Josh Rosen. In 2018, Rosen was the 10th overall pick in the draft out of UCLA. He went to the Arizona Cardinals, where after one season, they decided to take Kyler Murray and sent Rosen to Miami. He started a few games that was beaten out by Ryan Fitzpatrick, a career journeyman quarterback. Rosen is 3-13 as a starter with 12 touchdowns and 19 picks. Now he looks headed for a journeyman career himself, especially if the Dolphins take Tua, as a lot of mock drafts predict. But happy birthday. But Tony, he needs to be in a spot where he is coached up and it is friendly to him. But, you know, Levitar doesn't believe in coaching. Oh, coaches are important. Happy anniversary, Masahiro Tanaka. On this day six years ago, the Japanese baseball star spent $200,000 to charter a 787 from Japan Airlines to fly himself, four other passengers, and his pet dog to New York City to prep for Yankee spring training. The showstopper, of course, is the dog. 
Yes, 200 large is a tremendous amount of money. But Tanaka signed a seven-year contract for $155 million, so it's pocket change. Yeah. Tanaka remains with the Yankees, where his record is 75-43 and 43 for a winning Great percentage win. of 63.6. May not be worth $155 million, but it's the most wins for any Yankee starter in that time. I've been on that aircraft. 787. O'Hare to Tokyo. Gigantic. Last year. It's great. Did you sit first? It's great. First? Of course. Happy trails to gravity for Cosmo the Cougar. As you can see in this video, the BYU mascot is literally launched into the air by five members of the BYU dunk team. In mid-flight, somebody throws him a ball, which he dunks. He's not using a pogo stick. He's not on a trampoline. He's in free flight. Well, but I know you hate mascots. This yeah. is tremendous. Yeah. You need to get this guy for your celebrity game and no. get rid of the deadwood you've got. I realize I'm late with this. I'm not going to talk about mascot. But I'm still processing the death of Roger Kahn, whose Boys of Summer is the single greatest work of sports literature in the history Without of America. Question. Right? Without you question. agree with that? Without question. Without question. Just needed to say that. One correction. Joel Embiid not named to the U.S. Olympic roster because he's from Cameroon. Yeah. My bad. Nice Quickly, the big finish. The Let's Chargers and Phillip Rivers have mutually agreed that he won't return to the team in 2020. Give him a new team. Is it possible there's no team for him? But I'm going to say Tampa. Alex Ovechkin needs two goals to get to 700. Is he going to do it tonight against the Islanders? Not against Barry Trotz, who coached him to the Stanley Cup. Cavs suffered their worst home loss in history during Andre Drummond's debut. Is that connected? The Cavs stink long before Drummond got there. We're not hanging this on Drummond, who's an all-star. Is he an all-star again? No. Okay, well, he was. Twice. A video shows Kevin Durant running and shooting at the Nets practice facility. Does that matter? Matters for next year. He's not playing until next year. Last one, the Raptors go for their 15th win in a row tonight at home against the Wolves. Do you like their chance? I do. I think they're sort of limping to their all-star break finish, and they could have a slip-up, but I think they're going to win their 15th straight. Out of time, trying to be better the next time, and I'm Tony Kornheiser. I'm Mike Wilbon. Same time tomorrow, knuckleheads. You can get the PTI podcast on the ESPN app or Apple Podcasts. Steve Young, call us. You play golf right